0: Today's Bible reading um, is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. My son, if you accept my words and stop my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver, and search for it as for hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright, he is a shield to those whose way of life is blameless. For he guards the cause of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you.
1: Thank you. Uh, Nico, keep that passage open. I'm going to talk about it for the next little while and open it up to us. Uh, so you keep it open let's pray together we thank you heavenly father for um your word which opens up your world to us and shows us how to live in tune with the way you've made it and so we pray your spirit would do that in us and for us today we pray in jesus name amen okay so i'm officially i think middle-aged now perhaps even past middle age. And one of the things that has uh, happened to me is that I have moved to listening to Radio 4. Have I got any other Radio 4 people in the house? Oh, lots. Good. Great. Oh, some very young people. Good. Well done. All before your time, but thank you for being with me. And Radio 4, um, there's a programme on Radio 4, it's so old-fashioned I have to even explain the concept, called Desert Island Discs, which is about like the 10 records sorry for those of you who don't know what that means, <laughs> the 10 sort of pieces of music you would take with you if you were stuck on a desert island. And the other, I don't usually listen to, to that often because it's usually people I've never heard of and music I've never heard of. But the other day I was walking past the radio with Radio 4 on and this song was playing, it was a writer called Anne Lamott. I've read one of her novels, wasn't that good. But uh, I like this song that she chose as her first desert island disc. This is the words of it. This is my father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings, and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my father's world, the birds their carols raise, the morning light, the lily white, declare their maker's praise. This is my father's world, I rest in the thought... Of rocks and trees, of skies and seas, his hand the wonders wrought. This is my father's world, oh let me never forget. That though the wrong seems often so strong, God is the ruler yet. Uh, Really lovely words, terrible tune I discovered when they played it on the radio. (laughs) Well, uh, if you are visiting today, you've caught us in a series where we're thinking about recovering from this time that we've been through. We've had almost two years of sort of hiding, of life being on pause, and now we're recovering. And this series we've been doing is about like thinking through the different ways people have been expressing that they're unsettled about life and church and how can we get normal life back? How can we recover? And we've thought about recovering Jesus, remembering what Jesus is like. We've talked about recovering grace, learning to live with each other well again. And today we're going to talk about recovering wisdom. These talks have come out from discussions with lots of people in our church family. So if I talk about this today and you feel paranoid, you're like, oh, is it me he's talking about? Uh, It might be, Um, but it's not just you. These are things that keep coming up as I'm talking to people, so I thought best to address everybody about them. And today we're thinking about wisdom, and wisdom in the Bible is that hymn that I've just read out. It is walking through the world that God made with that God as your father. It's knowing the power that made this beautiful world we live in as a fathering, caring comfort. That's wisdom. Now, there are people out there, maybe you're here today you're not a Christian, and you believe there is a power out there that made, but we can't sort of connect to that power in a father-like way. That's no help, is it? Knowing there's something powerful that made the world. Big deal. Or maybe you do believe in a sort of spiritual presence who helps us and guides us along the way through life, but there's no power there. That power didn't make the world. That's no real help in knowing how to live either. But this book of the Bible, Proverbs, is saying the same power that made this world that we live in is a person you can know and trust and live by. And living in tune with his character, that is wisdom. That is the good way to live. The reason I'm talking about this is that sometimes people behave as if wisdom is like a radio. People say to me, or I find myself thinking... I just need God to show me exactly what to do. And I need to tune in correctly to what God's saying so I'll know the right way to behave. Now, sometimes God does tell people things to do. I'm not arguing with that. But Proverbs, as a book, paints a different picture. It says, This is your Father's world. There's not one path you have to take to do the right thing, there's every opportunity to live with Him as your Father in whatever part of life you're in. We walk through this world in the loving care of the God who made this world and there'll be loads of opportunities to grow and change as a person and become more who he wants you to be. But there's no secret game. How do I work out if God wants me to do this or this? You just get to walk with him through all the uncertainties with life. Him teaching you. A lot of the questions that people are asking about their lives are very specific like, you know, where should I live or what job should I take or should I marry or who should I marry? And people feel very stressed about those questions. What if I make the wrong decision? And Proverbs says they're not stresses. They're opportunities. To experience this world your father made and as you walk through it, To know him better all the time. And wisdom means learning to live with the real God as Father. Not knowing the right decision, not knowing the right thing to do all the time. But experiencing the invitation of God to know him better as you walk through his world. Now one of the things we do here is support mission partners. That is people who've been part of our church and they go to another part of the world to uh, talk to people about Jesus or to serve people who need service. And one of our mission partners recently had a series of events that stopped them being able to go to the country they really felt that God wanted them in for quite a long time. She did everything right as we would have understood it. She prayed and she took advice and she just couldn't go. And when I was chatting to her, I said, do you feel like that time was wasted? And she was like, I did it first, but what I've seen now is I've learned to trust God. I've learned to feel peaceful in whatever circumstance I'm in. God wants for us all to know him that way. There's so much freedom to walk with him through this world and learn. We don't have to worry about specific decisions all the time. What Proverbs 2 says, if we're wise, we will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. That's what he wants. So the first thing we see is God is interested in who you are, not where you are. Now today we are going to have the lovely privilege at the end of the service of joining with the Grey and Zhao families and their friends who are here in thanking God for their children and praying for them. What will we be praying for those children as they grow? What will we be hoping their parents lead them towards? You might say, well, we'll pray for their safety and their health. We will pray for those things. Might say we'll pray for their protection. We will pray for that. It'd be a good thing to pray. We might pray simply with, uh, for those of you who are guests here, a sort of like welling up of thankfulness that we get to be part of their lives. That is also great. But I think we want for these kids more than safety and more even than happiness. We want them to do good stuff in the world. We want the children to become bringers of righteousness and justice and fairness. We want them to be deeply committed to what matters and to bring that to wherever they are. We want to bless them today, but we want them to be a blessing than others. And in fact, I think we want even more than that. Not just for them to do good stuff. We want them to love what's right. Not for by their families into doing what their families think is right, but to learn to love joyfully, happily bringing help to those who need it, sticking up for people who need help, caring for other people more than themselves, not making poor or selfish to destructive decisions, not because that's what they're told to do, but because that's what they love. That's the type of people we want them to become. And Proverbs 2, as Nico read to us, you might have noticed, is a parent talking to a child. And the parent's aim, a dad in this case, is there in verses 9 and 10. He says, what I want for you is that you understand what is right and just and fair, every good path, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. I think that's what we want for these children. We want them to love what's good. Now, it may be that the Gray and Zau children are very different to my children, but loving what's good doesn't come supernaturally to my kids. I mean, your kids might be totally different. Uh, Not in my house. Sometimes my kids do really care about justice. You know, sometimes they shout very loudly, that's not fair. (laughs) Very concerned about justice. But it's not usually about discrimination or poverty or systemic injustice. It's just shorthand for that's not what I want. But this parent in Proverbs wants this child to learn wisdom, to know God is their father in charge of the world, and learn to love what he loves justice, rightness, fairness. You do see that sometimes in the way that people are brought up. I was once at a conference and I spoke to a guy whose parents had been missionaries in an incredibly poor country, um, they'd be missionary doctors. And he'd grown up surrounded by poverty and in the end was sent to a boarding school uh, because it wasn't really safe for him to be there. And he told me this story and I was thinking he was about to say to me, like, please pray for me, I've had such a difficult life. And he finished the story by saying, I just feel so grateful to have been brought up in a way that I've been really shown what actually matters. That's this in practice. He'd learned to love what was right because of the way he'd been brought up. Now, I don't want to be negative about children. You know, children are great, or people generally. But this passage is saying we have a capacity to learn to be that type of person, to be changed and transformed and remade so that the things that matter to us are the things that really matter in the world. But that's not by learning efforts or by disciplined action. Proverbs says it is by knowing God. Did you see in the passage that Nico read to us, it says the Lord gives wisdom in verse six. Wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul when you meet the God who's like that. So if you're visiting today, maybe you're not Christian or you're unsure of what we're talking about today. Just to be clear, this is the type of life changing relationship that God is offering us. He's not just a God who stands up there and tells us things to do. He doesn't just sort of say, I'm running the world this way, so could you get on with it? He enters our lives, changes our hearts, so that justice and peacemaking and generosity and grace, they actually change what we want. And we get to, if we choose to walk through the world, to see it from God's point of view, to let him reach in and change our hearts so that we do something. That's good. Uh, we've been looking over the last little while at the story of the very first church uh, for in the book of Acts in the Bible. And one of the things that's really interesting about that church is that most of the people uh, who started the church were Jewish. The Christian faith grew out of Judaism and the people who were Jewish took the commands of God very seriously. But then they had to reckon with loads of people who didn't follow the Jewish religion becoming Christians and that was weird for them. They had to really rethink their lives and assumptions. They had to rethink who eats at our table totally And they got that this was God's plan for the world, their father, so that anyone from any background should come in and know God. And as you read the story, you see this amazing marked change. They went from being command obeyers, you know, they really took it seriously to love their neighbor and be just, and they thought that was good, but they went from those command obeyers, a transformation that their hearts just like went out. To include and accept and bring in and care for and work alongside people who've been their enemies. That's what Proverbs 2 is describing. This wisdom from God can enter your heart and change you from the inside. That's what any parent wants for their child, I think, to love justice from their heart. So we're praying for these kids to meet God. That's the offer of Proverbs. You can walk with God in such a way that you long to know what matters to him. And that's then what comes out of you because you know him. So to come to some of the decisions that I know people here are thinking about. It means that whether you stay living in Liverpool or move. Or you take a job or you study instead. In the nicest possible way. Don't think I'm being rude. It doesn't matter. It does matter. It matters to you. I get that. But if you learn this overflowing heart of God out of you, you can do that anywhere. In any job. In any place. And the thing to pray for now is to pray for that. For wisdom to take up its place in your life rather than simply praying for guidance about a place to live or a person to be with. It's very relevant to all of those decisions, but doesn't say, oh, yes, there's one path God has for you. God says, be wise wherever you are. Just say, uh, uh, often when we're asking for guidance, what we're basically saying is this. There's two things, and I quite like to do them both because they'll both be good for me. So really, the question I'm asking is, which selfish decision can I take? They both would be good for me, so which one would be a better selfish decision? God's not giving me guidance about that, which selfish decision I should take. I sort of feel like, what is it like to be God when you're in that decision? I think God is really a bit like, you know, which selfish decision you take is not of a matter of high concern for me. I'm not going to start doing sort of skywriting or miraculous revelation or anything just to help you choose like which of these nice houses you'd like to live in. It's just not like a high matter of concern. You can see how to make the decision, which one is about service and righteousness and justice. And you may be able to do that in both of the decisions you're making. That's okay. Just choose one then. But our view is God will always be guiding us towards serving the people he expects us to serve. First him, then our families, then the church, then the poor and marginalised. So you're thinking, should I stay here in Liverpool or move back home after university to where I live? Well, the world will say, well, balance the freedom and friendship you have here with the saving money and your mum doing your laundry you'd have at home. Just, you know, choose, choose which selfish decision is better. And God says, which one is better for justice and fairness and righteousness? And if it's not clear from that, you can do it either place. You're, you're really free to choose. This is your father's world. Ask that question instead. Which choice helps the Lord's character be seen in everything that I do? You know, a lot of decisions, some decisions, don't, they're still not clear. A lot of decisions become clear that way. You know, ask that question, the right thing to do, it does become clear. It's just usually the harder thing. And we sort of say, oh no, I want God to give me inner peace about doing something I wanted to do. Instead, he didn't send a clear message. Learn to choose righteousness. And your heavenly father rules this world. He'll walk with you through whatever decision you've made. Don't use a sort of spooky view of guidance just to justify unjust, selfish decisions. Let me give you a minor example in case this all sounds a bit airy-fairy. I was talking to a friend recently, not from our church, and uh, he'd moved house. And he used to live on a big house, but it was on a main road. And he was moving city, and so he looked at several houses. And there was another big, nice house on a main road. But the thing he reflected on was living in that house we used to live in before, it didn't help us get to know anybody because it was like one road with the dual carriageway in front. We never got to know anybody who lived in that street at all. So he chose a house, a bit smaller, not as nice, on a cul de sac, and said, because he said, we think the Lord wants us to make a choice that will help us get to know people. That's more godlike. It means a smaller bathroom. Never mind. We'll be able to get to know our neighbours. He didn't feel like, oh, God wants us to have this house. He was just like, no, I've learned to make decisions in a godlike way and this seems a better decision to make. And God will teach me to love the people who live here. As We've sung, trust in the Lord with all your heart and he will make your paths straight. God's not hiding one perfect plan from you, and you have to sort of read to find out what the perfect plan is. God says, Step up and act with service and justice now, wherever you are. It's your Father's world. He'll help you do that wherever you end up. Second thing we see in this uh, second bits are much shorter in case you're panicking. It's who you know, not who knows you. I have a dream. And it's not as like worthy as Martin Luther King's one. (laughs) My dream is that because of, you know, a book I write, or you know, someone famous watching one of my online sermons at the moment, or even just a person that I helped, that people out there will be saying, That Morris, isn't he great? Sounds like a nice dream, doesn't it? People out there saying, Morris is fab, isn't he? That's my dream. Sounds like a nice dream. It's actually a scary dream. I'll tell you why. Because I could end up making major decisions about important things based on people who I don't know saying I'm a nice person. And that's not a good way to make decisions. People who I don't know anything about praising me, that is not a good way to get to what's right. But I see the impact of that scary dream in people's lives all the time. People marry unwisely because they're worried about how people will perceive them if they're unmarried. Or people take a job they can't really cope with because they're worried about their professional reputation. Or people spend money on stuff they don't need, money that could be used to serve others, and uh, they end up like hoarding all stuff they don't need. It's hard to break free of that. Probably, if you're new today, you wandered into this room feeling a bit like, oh, what do people here think of me? It's hard to break free of that, isn't it? Well, Proverbs says you can be free of that and that will end up making bad decisions with this thing called the fear of the Lord, which always makes me think of high-speed trains. There was a point in my life where I had to get a lot of train journeys. Um, I often wonder if I get to heaven, will there be like a bar chart of how, I ha- how my time has been spent? Time on the platform at crew, that bar will be quite high on my and uh, when I was standing on the platform at Crewe or Nuneaton or other places that you really never need to visit, uh, standing on the platforms, sometimes a high-speed train would go past, and it's like actually quite a terrifying thing, a high-speed train going past you when you're at the platform. This noise begins quite far away, this sort of clicking noise, and then this sort of like I'm not going to try and do the noise, but this weird like (laughs) alien spacecraft noise comes and then it comes flying past you. No one can talk. Everybody sort of freezes while it's there. Um, Now, I'm not so scared of that train that if it stopped, I wouldn't get on. Okay, I'm not scared, you know, I'm not scared of the train. The train is very useful if you get on it and it takes you somewhere. But my respect for the speed and the greatness and the sort of impressiveness in the train will mean I'm not going to go and stand on the track. And it doesn't matter to me how many people on the platform laugh at me for being scared. My fear of the train is greater, that I'm not going to treat the train stupidly. Well, that's kind of what the writer here means when he talks about the fear of the Lord. He says, uh, if you really want to know the right way to live... You need God's awe, respect at the centre of what you do, not other people's opinion. See God's hugeness. Make the centre of life honouring and respecting him. That's what you'll get if you seek wisdom. And we all have complex decisions to make in life. But if that's at the centre, that God in his overflowing glory and love is the centre of everything... And he's the one you most respect, like the train going past. You're not scared of him. You just know you have to treat him in the right way. Some decisions, they sort of make themselves. Like, I know this person I'm thinking of marrying. We don't really help each other honour God. I think that decision, if the fear of the Lord is central, sort of makes itself, doesn't it? Um. But people might think weirdly of me if I walk away from this relationship. Well, you know, no matter how many people laugh at you for standing on the platform, you still don't get onto the track, like keep things in their right place. Or, I've been offered this work opportunity, but I know I get stressed and angry and I'm likely to compromise my Christianity there. Okay, seems like that decision sort of makes itself a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, but people in my field will think I'm crazy if I don't take this promotion. You don't need a sign from heaven. You just need the fear of the Lord's. And Proverbs, in the first few verses of this chapter we read, says you get that fear by being serious about it. You treasure God's commandments. You think what he says is important. You listen and apply it to your heart. You call out to God for help and understanding. And you value his wisdom. That's really key, isn't it? If being well off is more important to you than being wise, you'll never be wise. The way we're tempted to treat people, treasuring their good opinion, listening to them and letting them change us, asking them for approval, losing money because of what they think. The way we're tempted to treat people, Roger says, treat the Lord that way because he really is the biggest, greatest one. If you do treasure God's commands and take seriously listening to God's words and actually really let them change you, living calling out to God for help, some decisions will begin making themselves. Some people uh, think that wisdom, this is someone else's borrowed illustration, they think that when they get wisdom sorted, it'll be like being another train illustration, actually. It'll be like being the station master at Lime Street Station. So you see Lime Street Station, there's all these different platforms, trains coming in and out. There's only one person, the station master. Sorry if you work in trains and that's wrong. There's only one person who can see where each train that's going is coming into the platform. And that's, the t- that's what we think wisdom is. We think, or oh, if I'm wise, I'll be able to work out. If I do that, that will happen. But if I do that, that will happen. If I do that, that will happen. And that will be real wisdom. Only God gets that view. That's his job. Wisdom is much more like learning to drive. You know, learning to drive, you see a stop sign. You aren't like, oh, I just need to look up in the highway code to see what I should do. Or I really need a sign from the Lord to work out what I should do at this junction. You've learned through living in the world that you stop there. It's just how you react, because you've learned. That's what wisdom is like. You've learned the fear of the Lord. It means you react the right way to living in his world. Once I did a talk about this to some students at our church, the students at our church are very clever, and they asked a very good question. They said, What though if you've got two decisions and they look from this point of view the same? It's just not clear. You know, from wisdom point of view, they both look equally wise. I think Proverbs says, then you're free to choose. It's not roulette. You're playing against the chance that it might all go wrong. This is our Father's world. It's not a test of your faith. Your loving Father welcomes you through Jesus. And he says, come and join this adventure with me, just choose. I'll be with you whichever one path you take. Last thing we want to say, and we're coming back to where we begin this series. I want to begin by telling a personal story. I work here at Christchurch, I am a pastor the reason i became a pastor was because someone who was wrong said to me at one point in my life well really leading a church is the only worthwhile work there is you know why would you do anything else if you could lead a church because you know being a preacher that's obviously the most worthwhile thing to do how's that yes i become a preacher becoming a preacher involves studying the bible surprisingly And as I studied the Bible, in order to grow as being a preacher, I discovered that advice I'd been given was totally wrong. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. The Bible teaches in Proverbs, all vocations are a way to glorify God. You don't have to be a Christian worker as a missionary to glorify God. So strange thing, I made that decision, you would think unwisely, based on bad advice. What do we do with that? Maybe you're in that place today, you think it's all very well talking about making wise decisions, but I've only ended up in the place that I am now, through a whole lot of series, a series of decisions that after this talk I realised were really terrible. <laughs> what do we do now? And that's where I want to talk briefly about a totally other bit of the Bible, don't panic. There's a story in the Bible, uh, in the book of Ruth, great story if you haven't read it. It's the story of how God brings a woman, not from God's people, into the family line that leads to the Lord Jesus himself. It's a great story and it's a beautiful story. It's like a romance and there's like great tension in it and there's a bit of scandal in it. It's a great story. But the story only happens because the people at the start of the story take unwise and actually even disobedient decisions. That's the only way we get to this woman being involved in Jesus' family in the end. So Proverbs is full of warnings about not being wise, but what if you read it and realise you've already been unwise? You got to this place because of bad decisions, selfish choices. Should I be here at all? Ruth says, yeah, God is just really more gracious than that. God uses bad decisions to bring good outcomes. And you can start choosing, digging, listening to wisdom. You can start that from wherever you are because God never stands back and says, well, you're a mess. You should have listened. Neither do I get to say, even though it would be useful to me, oh, if you don't be wise today, you'll mess everything up. Sometimes pastors like to say things like that. If you make bad decisions, you'll ruin everything. God's plans can't be ruined like that. God is always right there with you. Whatever decision you've made in the past, he's right close to you now, remaking terrible situations. He will always help when you call. Now, wisdom is right. It's the way he's made the world. Wisdom is good. It helps us bring rightness to the world. But wisdom comes from knowing the God who brings good out of bad stuff. And if you're sitting here today in a place where you think, I don't really want to be here, and I can see it was my own poor decisions that got me here, God doesn't take that out on you. This is the verse we looked at at the start of this series about Jesus, and I love this verse. It says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smouldering wick He will not snuff out. That's what God's like. He doesn't say, oh, you've messed it up. You're a half-broken plant. I'm going to tear you up completely. He doesn't say, there's a lot of smoke in this flame. We should put the candle out. God says, listen, if you're here now, whatever's got you here, and there's the slightest little flame of wanting to grow towards him, he loves to bend in and help you remake this mess. And he will do it. Bring good out of bad. Now, as we uh, thank God for children and commit the children to him, that's the God we're committing them to. Gracious, gentle, showing them wisdom, welcoming them back and remaking it when they get it wrong.